Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 73 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co. CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are talking about how to plan ahead to sell your business. And this is part one of a three-part series where we're focusing on selling a business and the whole process of business valuations, understanding that there are many variables involved, and some guidance on ways that you can be more proactive about business value and how you approach the whole situation. So helping me tackle this topic today is Katina Peters. Welcome back, Katina. Hi, Megan. Good to be here. I'm, uh, I have to say I'm, it's been an interesting first almost half of the year now. <laughs> I'm looking forward to some vacation time coming up here in June. <laughs> it's well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, but it's been, it's been a good, good first part of the year. Just busy, lots of changes going on, lots of legislative things happening. So yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, always changing, never boring, that's for sure. In today's episode, we're really focusing on laying the groundwork and giving some definitions in the world of selling your business and business valuations, right? Right. Yeah, we really got to start with the terminologies and, you know, what does that mean? And, you know, kind of give a little bit of background behind all of this before we just like dive right into the the selling portion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in order to plan, you need to kind of have a basic uh, understanding first, right? So uh, we thought it was important to kind of go through that first. Right. And just as a teaser, in the next coming episodes, we're bringing on an expert to talk about more in depth. We're diving in on business valuations, and then we'll be breaking down a case study of what we've seen in the past and ways that you can avoid some mistakes that we've seen. So that's what you'll see in the future. But in order to dive into those in depth and have those discussions, we thought that we'd back up a little bit and lay the groundwork, like we said. So let's start with the definition of growth and value in the business world. So if you've been listening to us for any period of time, you know we're very focused on growth and helping businesses grow. But stepping back from that for a second, what is growth actually mean? What is its definition? Is it revenue growth, growth in personnel, adding locations? Yes, all those are related. But the true measurement of growth for a business is growth in the value of the business itself. So that adds another question. Well, what is value? (laughs) What does that mean? Right. right? Um, So the technical definition of value is what a willing buyer will pay a willing seller for something product, a service, a business in this case. So again, it's kind of like, okay, that I kind of <laughs> get <okay>. that. Yeah. <laughs> but what does that mean? <laughs> right? so, You're just opening more doors here. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of, you know, continuing to peel away the onion on those definitions. Right. So what in the world does that mean? Right. So the first thing we want to maybe do is to take a stance 
as a potential buyer, put yourself in the buyer's shoes, looking at that perspective. If you were going in to buy a business, you know, what things would you be concerned about? What things would you be looking at that would make you feel more comfortable with the business, looking at, you know, what you think you would value the business at? Um, So there's definitely more to it. And we'll go into that. But that's the first thing you need to kind of step back and be like, okay, what would I be looking at here? I like to help people kind of wrap their heads around this a little bit in looking at the stock market. Okay. So we have a business just like any other business, you know, big businesses trade on the stock market. Small businesses don't have that readily available, but they're the same from that outward perspective. Okay. So in the stock market, there's a price for that stock, right? Mm -hmm. That's driven by the market, which means what a willing buyer would pay this willing seller for that. So again, that's what drives the price. Okay. So if we're looking at it, we're looking at it from, okay, we have stock in a business. So we need to determine what that price point would be to really show show the value of that business. Just like the stock market shows the value of the stock in that business, which then is a, ref, a reflection of the value of the business itself. So that can kind of help people understand a little more readily. I think sometimes how that works in both the publicly traded world and then of course the privately held world of business. So there's a little bit more in the privately held world of business that we'll be getting into, but that's something to just kind of help wrap your head around where to start. Right. Okay. So you mentioned putting yourself in the buyer's shoes. And if you've started your business from the ground up, maybe you didn't buy a business, so you've never been in that position. Right. So what are some of the things that a buyer might be looking at in your business? Right. So I think initially some of the things that they would be considering is like the assets of the business, right? Like, are they getting some tangible assets like equipment or what have you? Are they getting some intangible assets of maybe a a team that you've put together, a client list that you have, a good name, goodwill, like they say, a good name out there in the business, you've got a good reputation. So they'll be looking at those kinds of things to, again, add to that value of the business. Um, Is it a strong business? Does it have infrastructure? Does it have returning clientele, good products, what have you? So they're going to be looking at those kinds of things. And and a little bit later, we'll get into like the nitty gritty of documentation and stuff that they might be looking for. But again, just kind of keeping yourself in the shoes of the buyer, turn yourself inward, look at your own business. If you were going to be buying something, what things would you be looking at and how do you measure up in those areas? Right. Okay. So one of the questions that we get from time to time is how soon is too soon to start planning to sell my business? You know, maybe I've just started and I'm a year or two in, but ultimately that's my plan for retirement. So when is the proper time? Sure. Sure. And that's a great question. And, you know, it might, might sound a little cliche, but it's never too soon to start planning, right? right. <laughs> but for more reasons than just selling the business, um, you know, ultimately that's down the line ways or what have you. But as we just, you know, kind of define what is growth and what is value. So if you're really looking to measure your business and make it sustainable and scalable and all those kinds of things as you grow, you want to keep a pulse on the respective value of your business because that's what really shows how you're growing and and if you're growing well and you're really adding value to the business. Unfortunately, I've 
worked with a lot of clients that felt they had extremely valuable businesses in their extremely lucrative businesses, but that's not the only thing that generates value. Okay. Cause mm. there's no infrastructure. It's tied to the one or two people in the business that want to sell out. That's a very risky proposition for somebody buying to come into. Okay. And so when they do that, they look at that as, well, it's really risky. I don't want to pay so much for that because I'm taking on all this risk, right, mm. uh, of that. So, yes, you want to make good revenues, make good profits, but you also have to build a business that somebody can step into buy you out of and feel comfortable that you know it's going to continue on it's going to keep making those same profits for them it's going to give them a return on their investment etc and as you're talking about this my brain is going back to the e-myth revisited because i know we we've referenced that before and we read it together as a team and they talk about certain things like that right putting these systems into place putting these structures into place so that you're not required to be there, which is good for more reasons than selling your business, right? right. Like trying to go on vacation or, you know, right. stepping out for a week or two. But it just, that might be a resource for somebody who's, you know, maybe just starting to look at those things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely a balance as you, you know, work to grow your business, especially when you're newer and starting out, because you, you have to balance between the funds you have available, what infrastructure you can put in place. But you want to make sure that you're continuing to strategically plan and prioritize those things because you need you want to build this business, like you said, that's sustainable, that you know, allows you to have a break and flexibility and not be super stressed out, but also it adds to that value at the end of end game here. If we're looking to sell the business for somebody else to buy it and be very interested in, in doing so and, and willing to pay top dollar, you know, for that business. Right. Right. So on the flip side of that, we also get the question of how late is too late. If I want to sell my business next month, you know, that's probably not the best time to start thinking about these things. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, you want, you don't want to end up in, that's almost like a fire sale situation, right? So the more mm -hmm. desperate you are to sell, the you know lower price you're going to get. You don't have time to really prepare and properly take a look at things. You know, really, I would say you want to at least be five years ahead if possible, because if, if you do come into this and you're maybe you haven't had a business valuation done or you're not really sure what your value of your business is and what that can do is if you kind of start that process ahead of time, you go through and, and look at the different things that value a business and you point out weaknesses in your business where you can build up value the most. So, you know, oh, I need to build up a little more infrastructure. I need to build up a little more diversity in my customer vendor base. You know, there's certain things that that will come out of that that you can focus on over the next several years to really grow the business in value. And, you know, you need a few years history in there to do that, to really stabilize because somebody's going to come in and want to see, you know, typically like five years worth of financials and tax returns. And they want to see that you've had stable people and key positions for several years, at least, you know, those kinds of things. So you really need kind of that timeline to help you do that. And not to mention, it takes a while to sell a, a personally held business. It's not something, you know, it's not like the stock market, you just go and trade it, right? Right. It's a while. <laughs> you have to go through quite a process, it can take up to a year, two years, sometimes it just really depends on what's going on in the industry and in the marketplace, and kind of where you're at with everything. So, so you definitely want to make sure that you're ahead of the curve on that. Okay. Now getting back to some more definitions and laying the groundwork for these discussions, there's some different ways to structure sales 
that right. we want to talk about. Can you tell us, give us just an overview and then explain what those mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this can be really important, you know, from a perspective of liability, from a perspective of complexity and from a perspective of tax implications. So that's why we want to at least lay some basic idea out about this. So it's something that you at least go, oh, I need to understand this a little better if I'm looking to sell my business. So there's typically two ways that you sell a business. There's a stock sale where you sell the stock of the business, and I'll go into that in a minute, or an asset sale where you sell the assets inside the business. Okay. So a stock sale is just what it sounds like. You take your little piece of paper that's stock, (laughs) just like you do on the stock market, basically, and you sell it to the person buying the business. So they own the stock. The business is still the business. They just become, they just basically step in and become the owners of that same business, same business name, same corporation, LLC, whatever it is. So they just step in and take that ownership. So a stock sales, you know, this more simplistic way to go about it. And it because it's, you know, you have what you sold the stock for, you have your basis in that stock. And there you have a gain that comes out of that, um, typically in a long term situation here, because we've probably had this business for more than a year. Uh, right. to be selling it. So that that makes, you know, tax planning pretty simple, straightforward. It makes the sales process simple and straightforward. So that's the easiest one. So, and a lot of people say, well, why wouldn't I just do that? Because a lot of buyers don't like that. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> the reason is not so much because it's more complicated, but when they buy the stock, they also buy every liability that comes with it. Okay. So if somebody in your customer base, you know, decides they want to sue for some reason, from something that happened two years ago, the person that now owns the business is liable for that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So depending on the business, you know, sometimes you can't sell the stock if it's a really strong business, has really great goodwill and good name and maybe licenses that are hard to get or something like that. You could still potentially go with a stock sale. But a lot of buyers are a little hesitant to do that because of the risk associated. Yeah, with for good stock. reason. Yeah. So now the other one is the asset sale, which is basically what it sounds like. You take all the assets in the business and you sell them <laughs> to this new buyer who probably set up a new company to receive the assets there. So in an asset sale, you have, you know, your your hard assets, you know, like we talked about, your equipment, et cetera. Receivables are an asset. You've got uh, your client list. So there's different assets that you're selling over. So it, that is a little more complex because different assets within a business have different tax ramifications. So you don't want to make sure you're working with a tax professional to understand what those tax ramifications are. You also have to take this business price. So if you say, I'm selling my business for a million dollars, you have to take that and you have to allocate it to every asset. And both you and the buyer have to agree on that allocation and treat it the same way. And you're at opposing forces typically with that because what's a better tax situation for you is usually worse for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have to go through this process of negotiation to get to that point. And then, like I said, it's it's more convoluted. It takes a little bit longer to go through. And then once you're done selling the assets within the company, you have to get the money out of the company to yourself, which can t- create some tax issues depending on how you're structured. And then you have to wind down your business and close it out and all those good things potentially that come up as well. So, you know, so that is a little more convoluted. But again, a lot of sales end up in an asset sale because of the whole liability situation for the buyer. Right. Well, and that gives some insight into why the process takes so long, too, because that's not a quick thing to go through every single asset and agree on where you land with each of those. Right. There's a lot of negotiating back and forth and, you know, let's do this, let's do that. And you have to work through each 
tax ramification, or at least you should be. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Right. <laughs> you don't want to go into this. Not okay. Um, so, so yeah, so that can take a while for sure. Okay. And then there's also a couple of things like, you know, okay, then once we decide it stock sale, asset sale, however we're going, are we doing cash upfront sale where they're going to maybe either they pay cash for it, or maybe they go get a bank loan and pay you cash for it or what have you, or are, is there going to be some sort of owner carry scenario where you as the owner are going to carry like a loan for part of it? So they're going to, you know, give you a payment for the business, but then you're going to carry and, and they'll pay you like over time, like over three years or five years, what have you. You know, I typically advise against owner carry as much as possible because you're you're no longer in control of the company and how it performs <laughs> and you may or may not get paid. Right. <laughs> and they could yeah, run the ground and not, you know, pay you and you, you have no control really over that. I mean, you can have vesting schedules. So if they default, you can take ownership of the company back and do things like that. So there are options. If you're really having struggling to sell your business, you have a really difficult market or something like that, you know, it's an option, but I'd, I'd be cautious about that and just understand the risks that go into it. Yeah. The other side is, uh, or the other thing that comes up a lot in this is um, sometimes the new buyers, owners, would like you to stay on with the company for a period of time, like a year or something like that, as a consultant to help the transition flow. That's fairly typical for that to happen, um, and not always. Again, I think the more infrastructure you have and the more value you have in your infrastructure as far as people and managers and et cetera, so you're not so personally involved, they're going to be less likely to need you as a consultant after the fact because everything's already in place and they're just stepping into a position and a small transition period is all that is needed. Right. But otherwise, um, you need to make sure, again, that you're negotiating what that means up front, you know, the terms, how long, what you're going to get paid, how you're going to get paid, you know, et cetera. So you just need to be, you know, again, careful with that. Also, I, I find that in dealing with people, I mean, this is your business, right, that you built and you love. <laughs> it's your baby. <laughs> and now somebody else is in control. And sometimes that's really hard for people, like, to let yeah. go of that, especially if they come in and start changing things and want to do things their way and, you know, can cause a lot of tension and, you know, friction in that consultancy relationship so that's something yeah, also to just kind of be realistic about and uh and again be aware of ahead of time before you jump into anything yeah no that's good to mentally prepare for that before jumping into a situation that could potentially be a bit stressful so the next thing that we want to tackle is everybody's favorite topic tax considerations <laughs> I know there was, we're going to get into this a bit more when we talk about the case study in episode number 75, but we want to briefly cover some tax considerations that you should be looking at before you sell. Yeah. And again, I mean, it goes somewhat back to, we talked about the sales structuring and how that's going to be. I think the number one thing that, that you want to take out of this is know your impact. You know, if you're expecting a million dollars, but your tax bill is going to end up being 400,000, that's a huge difference. Okay. So yeah. you don't want, you want to know upfront when you set that sales price, basically what your tax implication is going to be. Okay. Because you've got implications again, if it's an asset sale, it's inside the business, not outside the business. So that can have some ramifications Then getting the money out to you can sometimes have some ramifications. So you need to work with a professional to walk through the whole thing so that before you even get there, you get an idea what you're going to get in your pocket 
and is that acceptable to you? Do you need mm. to look at your price or wait a little longer to sell? Because, you know, like you said, Megan, a lot of people are doing this prior to retirement. They need that nest egg to fund, help fund some of their retirement, et cetera. I mean, hopefully they're doing some retirement planning along the way as well. But but it's something that you just you don't want to go into it blind, right? You don't want to go into asking for too little and then realizing you're not getting what you need out of this, right? Right. Right. So that's the main the main thing I want to talk about. So like Megan said, we'll get into some specifics in the case study about that certain scenario and, and some of the issues that came up along the way. But uh, the big thing to know is just be aware of that. Yeah. Consult with an expert. That way, you know, Absolutely. eyes wide open. Ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we touched on it briefly in the beginning, but let's get a bit more in detail at what the buyer is specifically going to be looking at in your business when you go to sell. Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier, I mean, usually they're looking somewhere from three to five years worth of information, most recent information. So they're going to be wanting to look at your financial statements, you know, balance sheet, profit and loss, at least potentially cash flow statement. They're going to be wanting to look at your tax returns and, you know, what was done there, how those look. They may want to have a business valuation that is an independent party evaluating the business so that they can feel comfortable, you know, with that. And again, we're going to talk about that more in the next episode, specifically with a business valuation expert about, you know, costs and, and what's all involved in that. But that could be something that they want. And it may be something that you want to just feel comfortable with where you're at as well. They're going to be looking at, again, your infrastructure, your team, you know, how sustainable is this without you, especially as the owner being being in the business? Because if you're stepping out, that's one of the risk factors they have to consider. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to be looking at your client lists, probably. Are they returning clients, not returning clients? You know, do you have to, you know, and again, different businesses, some have returning clients and some don't, that's fine. But they're going to be wanting to, you know, kind of see how that functions and how your advertising is going, what's your rates look like, key performance indicators, you know, so you can give them, you know, here's my turnaround time. Here's how many returning customers we get. Here's what they normally, you know, some of those key factors are helpful information, turnover rates on customers, clients, team, even turnover rates on employees. You have a lot of turnover in that area. AR collections rates. Do you have tons of outstanding AR that's not getting collected? You know, they're going to be wanting to see all those details. So just some things to be prepared for. And in getting into it, that's kind of the things there's some of the things and there could be other things, but that's some of the main things that we see a lot of times that the buyer wants to get into. And one thing to bring up is you want to make sure that you have a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA in place before you give any information out to any third party that prevents them from sharing it with anyone other than you know, if they have advisors, typically they're covered like attorneys or accountants that they need help, you know, determining stuff with, but, but they can't share it with anybody. They can't, you know, give your trade secrets away. They can't use your trade secrets and go into competition with you, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, make sure that you have a good solid NDA drawn up by an attorney so that you're, you know, you know, it's good and have that signed before you start releasing any kind of information. So that's another important key point to not to skip for sure. Yeah, no, I'm glad you touched on that because as you're going through that list, it's pretty exhaustive and they're getting Mm -hmm. a lot of insight into how your business functions, all the numbers. So that's an important step not to ignore. Absolutely. All right. Now, as you mentioned, we're going to get into more details with business valuations in our next episode, but 
we wanted to discuss the differences just high level between options that you have when it comes to business valuations. So can you give us some insight on what the options are and the differences between those? Absolutely. And I think um, a lot of this too is just, again, whole that, that whole pre-planning and then just being aware of things before you jump right in. I mean, because you're going to have tax costs, but you're probably also going to have some other costs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, attorneys, accountants, um, business valuation, if you're going to pay for one, which again, happens pretty often. So it's just some things to just kind of start thinking ahead about because again, you want to kind of have, have that final kind of number fairly nailed down so that you've got an idea of what to expect. But in a formal business valuation setting, and, and this is very generalized and, and kind of like for most uh, service-based businesses, okay, and this can vary, but, and how complex you are, how big you are, et cetera. But uh, you're looking at, you know, probably something around $20,000. So um, it's something, again, if you're expecting to go and get a business valuation for like a couple grand, <laughs> because that's not happen. how it works. That's a formal business valuation that has a full formal formalized report and um you know can stand up in court and all these other things okay then a lot of times business valuators will also offer an informal valuation where it still kind of gets you to the same factors of you know what's your business worth but it's not that full-fledged long detailed report about everything with regards to the business valuation and it's not something that you can typically you know take to court and it's going to appease you know the judge and whoever's involved on that but that informal valuation you're probably looking around five thousand ish for that could be a little less a little more again depends on the business but really just want to open your eyes to get an idea what that looks like for you so you you know what costs you're getting into before you get into them yeah it's always good to know ballpark what you're looking to spend. So it's not quite the sticker shock when it's time to do it. Mm-hmm. And the last thing we want to talk about is what kind of lawyer should you have during this process? Because CPA is obvious when it comes to the tax implications. But like you said, you need a lawyer for the NDA. There's other things that you're going to need a lawyer for. Yeah. Yeah. And is the answer a good one? No. <laughs> That's a good one. But, um, you know, you want somebody who practices in the contractual area of law and and ideally, obviously, has been involved in business sale transactions before so that they have, you know, the expertise, experience in that area and you're getting good advice from them. A good attorney should also, you know, look at you holistically, just like your hopefully your CPA is doing and say, Hey, client, I, you know, you want me to do an NDA because you're looking to sell your business. Have you been talking to your CPA about what this looks like? Because, you know, just like we do, we're going to say, are you talking to your attorney (laughs) about what what you're doing? And and do you have good advice? Because it's important that, you know, kind of we all coordinate together. Sometimes we all end up on the same conference calls talking about stuff, especially when you start getting into negotiations and asset allocations. And because they're doing all the agreements, but we're helping with how do we want the allocations to run to get the best tax situation, etc. So so we want to work at this as a team. So that's the type of an attorney you want to be working with as somebody used to dealing with those kinds of things, who is looking out for your best interests, wanting to work as a team with you and your accountant to get the best deal for you. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. Not someone that's just tunnel vision. Okay, I'm going to do this one thing and give it to you. Yeah, here's <laughs> your NDA. Here's your, yeah, whatever. You're like, yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 
that wraps up our discussion and the terms that we don't wanted to define so that you have the tools that you need to listen to the next two in this series. But if you have any other questions as you listen to this episode or any other episodes, feel free to reach out. We're always here. And as you know, we have a free discovery call that you can hop on with one of our VCFOs and speak with them. So you can find our contact information at pjscpas.com or shoot us an email at info at pjscpas.com and we'll be happy to answer any questions that we can. So before we wrap up, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with, Katina? Yeah, I think if you take, you know, one thing away from from this episode <laughs> is that, you know, that we want to plan ahead and know that you understand the full sale implications first before you sign anything, before you, you know, even get into the whole mode of, of actually putting the business ads out, a business for sale, you know, you want to know what cash you're going to end up with. Um, you want to have a plan for what you're going to do with that cash and retirement considerations so that you walk away with what you need from this at the end. So that's the probably the high point that I would want everybody to walk away with. Just make sure you know that you know bottom line, what's what you can expect if you decide to go through this process of selling your business and do it way in advance. Awesome. Well, thank you for the sound advice and guidance through eyes of experience. <laughs> it's always good to have someone who's seen it happen and been through it to kind of give you an overview of what to look out for. So much appreciated. Absolutely. Love to share it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to continued discussions on this topic of selling your business. We will see you next time. Keep that momentum going. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.